to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Hello again, Wild One, and welcome back to my podcast. So excited to have you here and excited to continue to dive in on the very important topic of my approach to whole body health, holistic health, which is uh, I discussed on the last episode and as a review, um, the four pillars to whole body health are the stress response, the sugar hormones, the gut health, and the toxins tolerance. All right. And today I'm going to focus in more on the stress response. Okay. So most of you probably, like you probably understand what I mean by stress response, right? But just in case, I'm going to go through it briefly. And the stress response is basically, it's a necessary mechanism in our body. It's like a bodily reaction that needs to happen for us to be able to deal with any sort of stressful event. Okay. So for example, on a daily basis, one stressful event that we all go through is that we get up in the morning and you might laugh and be like, yeah, like my mornings are quite stressful. And I actually don't even mean that. What I mean is that our stress hormone cortisol, okay, so our body makes the stress hormone cortisol in the adrenal glands. And the adrenal glands, they sit on top of our kidneys. They're very small, yet very powerful. And they make all, like, they basically make most of our stress hormones, including adrenaline, which is like a very fast, like, obviously when, you know, something kind of like an animal out of the corner of your eye and, you, and like your body reacts to that, you've got a shot of adrenaline, or if you're at the race, at the starting line of a race and you hear the, you know, the gun go off for you to run, you know, you got a shot of adrenaline with that. And then there's the hormone cortisol, which also is like, takes a little bit longer, like it gets pumped out and it, and it starts to act and it's, and it also supports the bodily functions of like increasing your blood pressure, right? Uh, making you more alert, redistributing blood away from your digestive system into like your muscles. And when you wake up, when you go from sleeping to awaking, your body naturally should make more cortisol in that morning time as you wake up from your sleep, it redistributes the blood into your muscles so you can get up. It makes your blood pressure go up so that when you stand up, you don't like collapse to the floor because you don't have enough blood going to the brain. Uh, that's like a very normal kind of quote stress response, right? And then there's, that's like the mild end of the spectrum, like whatever, whatever human needs to go to day to day. And the, nat- the normal thing for that is for that cortisol to go up in the morning and then to come down through the rest of the day and be really low uh, at night so you can go to bed and um, go to bed without like racing thoughts and, you know, feeling like you're wired and tired kind of thing. If you have, if you have those feelings, you're, it's probable that your cortisol either didn't go down through over the day as it should, or it got, it went down, but then got triggered again to go up. And so what triggers our, our stress hormone uh, cortisol to be produced again are stressful events, um, events that we perceive as stressful, right? So 
For example, you can have two people with the same event and one person could think that it's no big deal, like they've done it a million times before, it doesn't stress them out. And another person, you know, it's their first time or, or they don't have good coping mechanisms with stress and that same event stresses them out, right? So for example, if you have a new employee at a company and they don't even know how to work like the photocopier, um, do we even have photocopiers anymore? But, you know, that's a, that's a funny example. They're get, and someone says, can you go photocopy these for us? Um, they're, 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 they're going to become stressed out, right? Because they don't know how to do it and they have to learn and they're, they're going to have a bigger stress response than um, an employee that's been working there for a very long time. And they're just like, yep, no problem. Grab the paper, go photocopy it, put in the code, blah, 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 right? Same event can elicit different stress responses in different people and even different stress responses within the same person. So for example, if you're someone who like, started meditating um, and meditating is a part of regular part of your practice, then things that used to elicit a strong stress response probably won't elicit as strong of a stress response after you've been doing some meditating. And that's been proven in research. You just, you, you get like a calmer body, calmer system, calmer nervous system. The, the brain becomes better at regulating itself and regulating its stress response. Okay. But at the core of the stress response, is always the production of the um, stress hormone cortisol, okay? And um, again, it's like the Goldilocks zone. You want just enough to like be able to get up in the morning, right? Do your things and also just enough to deal with what should be occasional stress events. Like, you know, thousands of years ago, um, you would occasionally have to have a stress response if you like were walking in the jungle or the forest and you ran into like a bear or a jaguar, right? And you're like, oh crap, like gotta run away, right? And you need to have like a sudden burst of adrenaline and production of cortisol for you to be able to run away from it. And um, there's different effects that cortisol has on the immune system. You want it to be able to heal quickly if you did get, you know, caught by that bear or that jaguar or whatever. So anyways, it's, it's complicated. However, what is important to know is that we have a stress response. It's important to have it. The the disease, the, the path towards disease comes when we are activating it too much, too frequently. And also we've, um, we are no longer able to like calm ourselves down from it. And I would say that the average person living in today's modern world, from the moment that their alarm goes off in the morning and kind of jolts them out of sleep to their commute, right? If you're commuting in a car in traffic, to the work that they're doing, especially if you're not doing work that you love, that you're excited about, that you're passionate about, right? It's just it's just work that might generate more stress responses. If you feel stressed out about what's going on in the environment, or if you have children and, and that's stressful for you, you know, all of those things add up to daily shots of stress. And so again, like I said before, some people can be quite good at managing their stress, like their stress response, and other people's are, uh, people are not. And the degree to which um, you're able to do that will define and determine how much of a, an issue you run into over time because the cortisol hormone, it's okay in small amounts in those small doses. It's very damaging to the body in high amounts, like really, really damaging to the body. Um, people who have problems with high cortisol states, like the extreme end of the spectrum, they actually have like, for example, a condition where they are, have what's called hypercortisolemia, where they, they're um, pumping out, their body is making a lot of cortisol. 
those people have known problems with high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol. They're more likely to get cancer. They're more likely to get strokes and heart attacks, uh, develop dementia, problems with Alzheimer's, those kinds of things. Okay. So we know that having too much cortisol is really not good. Most of us are not living in that like disease, like hypercortisolemia state. We're kind of in lower, like in between, right? And um, so while we're not like um, floor, like so sick, like these people with hypercortisolemia get, we are getting sick from too much of a stress response. And what happens is that over time, the body is making so much cortisol that the brain basically is like, we have to stop making so much cortisol. So it stops communicating with the adrenal glands. What happens then is that the cortisol production drops, but it, then it drops too low. And then you don't even have enough cortisol to like get, have the up and go that you need to have in the morning. And so people who experience that over time, what, what you experience is you go from being like wired and tired and just like on vigilant mode all the time to like, I can barely get out of bed. I'm so tired. Like I just have no zest for life, you know, and um, their blood pressure can even get low sometimes. And it's really quite debilitating, actually. It can be debilitating to get to that state. And the, the lay person, like the average person will call it like adrenal fatigue. Doctors now know that it's not a problem with the adrenal gland. Actually, the adrenal gland can still make cortisol. It's not fatigued. It's more that the brain is protecting the body from too much cortisol, but it's a little bit of like an on-off switch and it's not able to like turn it off like just to the right amount that you need, it kind of gets too low. And then you get like um, the problems with, of really low cortisol. Okay. So there's the physical, what I've talked about is like the, there's, it's a physical stress response and the trigger, you can categorize the trigger of that physical stress response into a physical trigger, a mental spiritual t trigger. Okay. So the physical trigger, for example, is that if you eat foods that don't agree with your body, like um, packaged foods that have chemicals in them, foods that have too much sugar in them, that kind of thing, like foods that damage your gut. Remember, I talked about the connection between the stress response and the gut. That's a physical stress to the body, and that will create more cortisol. Okay. People who drink too much coffee, coffee has a mild stressful uh, effect on the body and it does create a little bit more cortisol being released. And if you're having like coffee like multiple times for the day, you're creating a stress response in the body, okay? Um, so that's like, for example, a physical stress response. And, and then more extreme ones are like if you're in an accident, it can be a sports accident or a car accident or any kind of accident where your body actually gets physically hurt and damaged. That's a stress response, okay? And then we talked about the mental stress response, which is like um, you're mentally stressed by the expectations that people have of you or the requirements that you have to fulfill, um, your relationships, your interactions with your family and your friends and your employees and your, you know, your employer, that kind of thing. And then there's this like very little talked about, but again, I see this so much. It has to be mentioned, and I went through this myself, it's the spiritual stress response. And so I'll give myself that as an example, and I'll also use the example of someone I worked with who I'll keep anonymous. I just want to share the story because it really does make sense. So for me, 
when my dad got ALS and um, he had like no family, we had no family history of it. And he appeared to be a very healthy guy, which I now know he wasn't. He just, he was eating the standard American diet, the healthier version of it, but still eating packaged foods and processed like soy ground, whatever, just full of crap. You know, I hate to say it, but it's true. Look at the ingredient list of all of these like meatless burgers and stuff. Like look at the ingredient list. Okay. Um, anyways, I'll do a separate episode on that. And he was trying to be healthy with all those kind of things. And he was over exercising without enough replenishment and recovery. He was an Ironman, right? He also, um, had, um, reflux because he was eating foods that didn't agree with his body. So he was on a medication, a proton pump inhibitor, which was affecting his gut health and his ability to absorb nutrients. So he had the stress response. He had the sugar hormones. He really loved to eat like um, food at night. Like he would have his dinner and then like around 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, he would just start eating, like just snacking, right? So um, we'll talk about the sugar hormones next episode. And then he also had, now the toxins tolerance, we never, like we never tested for that. It wasn't on the radar. And so I don't know, if, like, I don't know, but he's an average person who was, ex- you know, average exposure. He never had like... um I don't actually know. I think he might've had actually mercury fillings and that kind of stuff. But again, like I, I, I can't point to one thing. It was probably a combination of many different things. Right. So, um, however, when he, at the time I didn't understand this. So when he got the diagnosis, I was just like, why? Like, you know, what is going on? And I didn't, I, at that time, I didn't know that I had a trust in the universe at some level until I lost it. Like I just, I just was like, you know what? There is no, there is no guiding, loving, guiding force in this universe. If something like this could happen to a man like my dad, you know, I just, I couldn't. I just, he was the kindest man, so loving and um, so giving and so helpful to people. And so I just, my dark night of the soul was just this feeling of like, oh my god, this despair that like anything could happen at any time. And it doesn't matter if you're a good person or a bad person or, you know, um, goodness. Like I just, I became like afraid almost, you know, because I was like, okay, it's, it's chaos. Like the order of the universe is chaos. Anything can happen. Doesn't matter what you do. It's just random, right? It can just, there's no like God, basically. There's no, um, there's no like loving universal force. There can't be if this happened. Right. And I, I lost a faith I didn't know I had. And that's, that was a major, major stress event in my life. I didn't recognize it at the time. I, I didn't have the words for it at the time. And it, and it was part of like, it really, it was part of, it, it became such a big part of my grieving process. And I don't even know how I recovered from that. And, I think what happened was that my journey has been that obviously with my dad, I just started researching everything to do with the human body, like just crazy, crazy amounts of research, deeper dives, deeper dives in that rabbit hole, out into that rabbit hole, out into another rabbit hole, you know, just so driven. And I did have a podcast on spirituality and medicine previously. I'd, I'd encourage you to look at that. But what I found was that as I dove deeper, deeper and deeper into the research, I was coming across things that made me start to think like, you know what, maybe there is actually, maybe there is like a positive force and it's just, I didn't, maybe this did happen for a greater good and I just, in the moment of my despair, I couldn't see it, right? And now I can see it because it's behind me 
and I can see all of the ramifications of his diagnosis and what happened. And I can see how that some of them were actually like quite good and necessary for our overall evolution as a family, family and friends, and then with my own journey, right? At the time, I just couldn't see that. I didn't have the mindset to like, you know, the mindset that I, I've really worked to cultivate and I continue to work on on a daily basis is everything is happening for my greatest and highest good. You know, for me, it's whenever I lose, whenever I start to doubt if there's, if the, if the energy in the universe, I mean, we know that there's an energy in the universe, right? I mean, the universe is energy. <laughs> even black matter is energy. So that's kind of, they've discovered that. So even where it looks like there's nothing there in space, there is energy making up that black matter in space. I, what I think I was like scared, I became afraid that that energy was uncaring. It just didn't, had no direction. It didn't care positively or negatively. Now I know um, for myself, okay, that that energy is, has the bias of positivity, has the bias of beauty, has the bias of love. And whenever I start to doubt that or forget that, I just go outside and I look at the flowers. I mean, the energy of the universe has been evolving, right? The energy that uh, makes up planet Earth and all of um, nature has been evolving over time. And, you know, there were cells and then there were plants and then the plants produced flowers. Oh my gosh, you know? And if you look at flowers, they're just so perfect. They're just so beautiful. And I'm like, okay, the energy of the universe that created these flowers, it's creating beauty. And yes, um, if you really hone into like a single moment in time, that flower that I'm looking at will eventually die, will eventually decompose, it will rot. But if I zoom out again, the bigger picture is that 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 flower, you know, that flower that rotted goes back into the soil and feeds the soil and other plants grow and other flowers grow and the evolution continues and overall the evolution is positive. So the evolution of rocks is jewels and precious stones. The evolution of plants is flowers and trees. And the evolution of humans, I'm like, you know, the, the evolution of, of animals and humans, like we're, I think we're still evolving. We haven't even seen that, right? What that will be like. However, I do believe that it is a positive evolution. And if you zoom in on the instant, like uh, a war, right? Um, a pandemic. In that moment, it looks to be negative. And if you zoom out far enough, and sometimes you have to zoom out so far that you're like <laughs> looking at like centuries of evolution, right? And I do believe that overall the evolution is positive because the energy of the universe has a bias towards positivity. And that is something, a, a mindset that I have to work on every day. And part of the work that I do for myself, I feel like I have the the body physical part really nailed. Like I really understand nutrition. I really understand the process of the body. Yes, I'm continuing to learn and there's like subtle details and it's, you know, refining the details and then you learn something and then you learn that it's not the case and you kind of go back and that kind of stuff. But from a general perspective, I feel like I've got that, you know? What I'm working on now is the mindset and the spirituality. So not religion, right? Not religion, but spirituality the belief of that for that energetic force in the universe and some people call it god some people call it div the divine some people call it mother nature um the the you know the universal force whatever it is that you want to call it language 
there is no word in the English language to describe something like that. It always falls short, but it's just that sense of like, of no longer being afraid, you know, not waking up and um, waking up and feeling like um, at peace, at peace. For so long, I would wake up and just, I would be peaceful at first. And then when I would start remembering events in my life, like my dad's diagnosis and all, and then his passing away, it, it just brought me so much anxiety and stress. And now I've gone to a point, fortunately, where I do believe in the goodness of the universe again. And it's stronger for having been through something like that and coming back to my faith, to my trust. You know, as a doctor in, uh, who's worked with people with spinal cord injury and seeing so much um, suffering and um, trauma, physical and psychological mental trauma, spiritual trauma, to be able to maintain that level of trust and faith, it's very hard. And I see people losing it. I, I've seen people losing it. I've been witness to that loss. I've also been witness to the maintenance of it despite these horrible events, right? Like some people just have such faith that, and I don't mean like um, religious faith, but rather like just faith in in life, in in the goodness of of the universe. And they don't lose it. And that, that to me, like those people, they shine, you know, they just like have this, again, the word is peace and calmness and goodness. And just like, they're the kind of people that when I was a doctor and I was going into do rounds at the hospital, there would be rooms where I was just like, I'd had to mentally prepare myself to go into that room because I knew it was going to be so much suffering and I had to be careful not to get pulled into it. Cause if I get pulled into it, I'm, I'm of no use to anybody. Right. And then there would be some rooms where I would just look forward to it because they just had such a lovely, wonderful perspective, a wonderful mindset. And again, like, I don't know what they were going through in in private, probably a lot of turmoil, a lot of angst. Um, However, they had found a way to still enjoy life, to still enjoy the moment, to still enjoy each other's company. Even though the body had changed with the injury, they were still enjoying each other's presence. And that was really beautiful to see. So yeah, the stress response, right? Um, our ability to cope with and and actually transform uh, triggers. So this is what I kind of have come upon lately. It's like we will all have triggers and like events in our life that have the potential to trigger a stress response. And it's when you do the mindset work where you can transform a negative stress, transform an event from from causing a negative stress response into an opportunity for personal growth. So it's a process of transformation, you know, and that's that's where I'm at right now. It's like, how can I teach people to take these events and transform them so that instead of eliciting that cortisol release that can be so damaging or let's say it gets illicit by bringing it back down very quickly like not staying in that stress response how can we transform that so that uh it uh you can the perspective of it is that okay this is an opportunity for me to see where can i grow where can i change where can i evolve where can my mindset improve so that I can see this from a much bigger perspective and see like how how can I be of service in the situation versus like feeling drowned and overwhelmed by it, right? 
So that's obviously an entire topic on its own. However, I did want to explain how the stress response can be so damaging to the body um, in extremes and what can trigger it. And just a very big level overview perspective of like, what what is it that needs to be done in order to um, tr- transform it? So some people transform it with meditation. Some people transform it with breath work. Some people transform it with like movement, like going for a run. Um, some people transform it through sharing, through talking, right? Um, and the mindset work is so key, you know. And and if you feel like you're at a point where you've lost the faith in that goodness, the trust in that inherent bias of love, then you know, first of all, you're not alone. Okay, it's very normal. And and second of all, it doesn't have to that doesn't have to be your state forever. It is your state now, and that state can be transformed. Okay. And you may not even feel like transforming it. You might just be very happy to wallow in that sadness and negativity. I understand that too. It's like it's like a dark cloud that has a magnetic property and you just feel like stuck and stuck into it and you feel like you can't you don't even want to get yourself out of that. Don't worry, that that too shall pass if you let it. Like if you start to feel it ease up, don't hold on to it. Let it go. Okay. If it starts to ease up. Don't embrace it stronger, just kind of loosen your grip on it and let it just evaporate, okay? And then when you feel like you've gotten out of it enough and you can start to kind of see clearly again and think clearly again and feel like something is missing, like something needs to be done, just so you know what needs to be done is the work on the mind-spirit aspect of things, okay? And if spirit makes you uncomfortable, Stick to the mind, stick to the mindset, you know, a positive mindset, a growth mindset, all of those things. And then you will start to see the change. And what happens is when you start to work on that, your body responds to it so well. And again, like for some women out there, it's the major problem is the stress response. And sometimes it's even like as simple as over-exercising, like too much stress response from like you know, we have we have kind of like an under-exercising or an over-exercising culture. So that's the over-exercising all the way through to this kind of higher level loss in the faith and trust in the universe and divinity and God and whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I hope that was helpful. And uh, I look forward to um, doing a deeper dive on the sugar hormones in the next episode. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info 
at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 